Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. It's overtime here on 106.7 The Fan and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 10 o'clock before we hand things over to the JR Sport Brief. Right now, I want to go out to the BetQL guest hotline is where we find our pal Logan Paulson. He is the co-host of Odyssey's Take Command podcast. He's also your sideline reporter uh, for NBC4's coverage of Washington Commanders preseason football. Logan, how you doing, my man? I'm good. How are you, man? I am uh, tired. Tired, to say the least, man. Uh-huh. Long, long, long weekend. Long day for your boy. I uh, want to first get, catch you up and catch the people up on what you've been doing in your life. Uh, doing a lot of work with the Washington Commanders. You were roaming the sidelines on Friday night. How was that experience for you, big fella? I mean, that's always a ton of fun. It's always a little bit of nerve, you know, a little nerve-wracking because it's live it's TV. Talented, you don't man. Know. Don't be nervous. Yeah, I know. But you don't, you don't <laughs> know how things are going to go. Right. It's always just – it's like it's, – uh, it's not the closest thing to game day. I think when you're calling the game, I think that's probably a little bit closer what Venus <laughs> is doing. But it, it, is, it is a fun thing to kind of be in the energy and be in the moment. Um, you know, and I, I really enjoy doing that, so – before we get into the the heavy things, talking football, rumor has it that you had a conversation with new owner Josh Harris on Friday night. Is that true? That that is true. Can, can, can um, you divulge a little bit of that conversation for us? Because I was curious as to what you asked him. Yeah, no, it was just kind of like uh, you know one of the things about working for the team is you get access to to people in the organization that they wouldn't talk to other people normally. So went up to him. I knew the security guard. Security guard was like, "Hey, this is Logan Paulson. He works for the team." and uh, Mr. Josh Harris was like, Hey, you know, nice to meet you. And I said, would you mind doing a quick interview? And he was a little apprehensive. And I said, we can literally talk about whatever, whatever you want to talk about. And, um, he said, sure. And I, you know, that's just such a novel experience yeah. for me. You know, like I'd never been around, I've been around cool owners and, but obviously here in Washington, yeah. I was never around an owner that was that accessible. You know, and he came down and did the interview and said some stuff about how he's so excited that the fans are supporting him. And I think it's great. You know, it was just such a, such a unique yeah. thing. To, for him to get down there at halftime, like he's sitting in the front row of the stadium. It's, right, that's what raining. I wanted to ask, man. Have you ever seen yeah. that before from an owner? Somebody sitting that no, close? And, it's, and it wasn't like he had, like, blocked himself off from everybody. <laughs> he was sitting there, and there was a whole bunch of Cleveland plant fans sitting right behind him. And I yeah, thought, that's that's pretty cool, man. Like, it just gives it kind of like a, you know, a normal Joe kind of feel. And he was into the game, and he's there with his son. And, you know, I know his life is, is far from normal because he's, you know, one of the richest men in the country, right. but like it felt, it, it felt very normal yeah. to me. And I think that that is something that uh, I find very endearing and something that I respect, you know, as a former player, if I saw the owner down there, I'd be like, wow, that's pretty cool that he's right. doing that. So, you know, we'll see what the guys think. And that's one man's opinion, but I, I thought that was a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool uh, thing to see at the game. So. Yeah, man, just more fireworks to this honeymoon period that Josh Harris and this ownership group are in, buying us all beers out of the bullpen, sitting in the front row of the preseason opening. Man, he is a dude's dude, Logan Paulson is how I like to describe him. Let's get to the X's and O's. I want to start with your initial thoughts about the offense as a whole, and if you want to get specific, 
we can talk about the quarterback. But what are your thoughts on the offense as a whole? Eric Bieniemy calling plays for the first time. <laughs> what did you think of the operation and how crisp did it look? Not just with the ones, but the twos and threes as well. Yeah, so I'll start with the ones. And I think yeah. one of the things that stuck out to me is I thought they just did um, – they had a good cadence. You know, like one of the things on the sideline is you're looking to get in with analysis, right? Right. And when, when, when teams are running slow – it's easy. You just kind of pop in, pop out. Mm-hmm. There's no pressure, no stress. But there wasn't even an opportunity for you to kind of interject about what you were seeing. You know, like they were in like these really cool formations. Not, nothing too crazy, but, right. you know, three wide receivers to the left, tight end, backs spread out to the right. They'd motion the back in. They're trying to give the quarterback a man's own read and help the quarterback dissect the coverage. And uh, the tempo with which they were operating at, I thought was great. And obviously, like the first drive kind of sputters. You know, you get a drop pass and a holding call in the same play, and obviously that's less than ideal. And, you know, I don't care who you are, but this offense right now, you know, given the quarterback situation, um, you know, is going to have a really hard time overcoming first and 20. Like, that's right. really just a fact of life. And so um, I, I look at that and I say to myself, like, you know, that's that's kind of an insurmountable thing. This this offense is going to need to play a clean, efficient brand of football, and I'm sure Eric enemy is kind of echoing that point to them constantly. But I, you know, like overall, I think the tempo, the the cadence, the crispness, yeah. I thought was was felt and felt and moved like an NFL offense, which is something that I was very pleasantly surprised with. And obviously, there's a ton of room for them to grow. But I think overall, you kind of say to yourself, "Wow, like this this has something. This this has the potential to be something pretty special." And then, like, kind of couple that in with Sam's performance, which I actually thought was. Yeah, it was pretty sharp, man. I think he did a really nice job of, of finding open throws, getting the ball out of his hand quick. Obviously, he, t- he took the sack, which I think, you know, uh, was entirely his fault. You know, there's a three-man side. It's a, f- a slide. It's a four-man overload. Like, you got to see that. You got to get the ball out. But, again, he's a young player. And the other mm-hmm. stuff he did that I thought was fantastic, you know, he's he's uh, he's extending plays. He's finding open men. He's delivering, uh, you know, accurate throws and I was impressed, you know, and, and uh, you know, we've seen shades of that in practice, but it was nice to see that against another team. And I, again, I, I don't want to be too much of a homer, but like no. all of those things, you know, make me excited, uh, you know, to watch the rest of the preseason and, and, and week one. I think they, they're ahead of where they were last year and, and I'm excited for it. Yeah, I agree with him. And I thought, you know, Sam Howell, I used the term bacon crisp, Logan Paulson. I thought it was really solid what we saw from him. A lot of the things that you just alluded to, getting the ball out of his hands on time and accurately uh, was definitely a good sign. I want to go back to the sack, Logan, because I wonder if that is the type of sack and the type of mistake that we may see early on in the season. Because let's just be honest, right? Look at the schedule as to who this team is going to face to start the year. Arizona, Denver, Buffalo. Specifically with Denver and Buffalo, two pretty complex defenses that will throw a variety of different pressure packages at you. When you wait until week 18 to play a guy, Logan, it's going to you know, slow down his maturation process. Do you feel like we will see him take more sacks like that during the regular season as, he's, as he continues to see coverages that he's not familiar with? I think it's entirely possible, but I also think it's important to recognize that, like, they're not game planning for these games, really. Right. You know, like, mm-hmm. they're kind of saying, this is, our, this is our day one, day two, day three install. We're just going to run it. You know, like, when you are prepping for an opponent, you get a really good feel for what they're going to do. You know, you have a really good, you know, like, hey, back in – 2021 they ran this weird cross dog on third and 15 and you're like okay let's prep that and I think like there's not that level of preparation right now so do I think they're still going to happen absolutely like when you watch team blitz and stuff like that this is something that Sam I don't say has struggled with but it's been less consistent than Jacoby Brissett at you know like it's just he's he's new 
it's like seeing these complex defense, like you were saying, it's just a new thing. So yeah, do I think it's going to be something we see? Absolutely. But I do, I think it's going to be this hard for him. I don't think so. I think they're going to really prep him, get ready to go, get that offensive line ready to go, you know, get Nick, Nick Gates calling protections. And I think that'll be very, very helpful for, for young Sam Howell. So uh, yes, I think it'll be an issue because it's, it's an issue with every young quarterback, but I do think, um, I think they can prep him a little bit more than they are because again, this is early, early uh, preseason stuff. So. Logan, I want to talk about the offensive line uh, specifically. I thought, you know, outside of, you know, two or three plays, the starting unit was was pretty solid uh, from the left side to the right side. Obviously, Andrew Wiley has those two drive-killing penalties. I want to talk about the one on the goal line, Logan, and you've played in the National Football League for a long time. I I was personally a little bit disappointed at at the safety on the goal line and him oversetting in that situation. Correct me if I'm wrong here. When you're a tackle backed up against your own goal line you should never have a situation where you're getting beat inside because that's the quickest route to the quarterback right well i think the other thing that's frustrating about that is that he obviously has chip help there you know and and i don't know if he didn't hear the call or he just forgot or whatever it is but you've got help to the outside so you definitely in that situation you know like i've seen guys get beat on the inside on the goal line all the time but it's like uh, to your point that's something you want to avoid and then couple that with the fact that he should have outside help and he does have outside help Alex Armour is waiting there for him um, I think it's just kind of uh, it's tough because that chip call affects the rest of the O-line they are working the slide to the right there to the right of that formation mm-hmm. towards Wiley but I think Cosme hears that there's chip he thinks he can be a little heavier on the two which he should be able to do and um, and Wiley again I don't know if he didn't hear it or what happened but um, mm-hmm. you know doesn't execute that play and I'm sure he'd tell you that's something that he's got to execute, and that's a, that's a very frustrating play for, for him, for the fans, for the team, I'm sure. Um, but it's something that I think and I hope can get corrected as they move forward. You know, I think, yeah. uh, like, you know, oversetting is, is a tough deal, and that's something that's really hard to feel. I, I, you know, I think, um, you know, Juan Castillo has said that they're teaching some new techniques yeah. uh, over the course of this training camp, and, and he's, you know, while he's trying to buy into those best he can. Uh, but that does affect your ability to consistently find that that rush line. So, um, and you know, Zadarius Smith is no slouch in terms of right. pass rushing. So I think, I think, I think at this point in the off season, um, you know, I don't think there's there's reason to be super alarmed. But I do think it's something to keep an eye on moving forward through the joint practices and the next two preseason games. We're joined right now on the BetQL guest hotline by our pal Logan Paulson, the co-host of Odyssey's Take Command podcast. Logan, I want to ask you about tackle depth in particular and the offensive line depth. Let's just let's just break it all down here. Outside of this starting five, is there anybody that has caught your eye throughout the first month or so of training camp or, or anybody that stood out during the preseason opener for you? Yeah, I mean, I really think that second offensive line did an excellent job. You know, uh, Cornelius Lucas, I think, is a lock to make the roster. I think he's looked excellent in training camp. Uh, Montero, you know, the left yeah. guard, number 67, did an excellent job in this game and is in a very consistent, solid training camp. Tyler Larson, man, holy cow, like mm-hmm. he looked – Fleet of foot, very dexterous and physical at the point of attack. Can't give him enough credit. Uh, Lufenbaum, the the right guard, number 74, again, is a guy that has been very, very quiet in camp, but I thought had an excellent performance. So, you know, Foster gives up the sack with the twos, but I think, you know, is a consistent football player. But I think those, the first guys I mentioned, um, mm-hmm. Montero, Lucas, and uh, Larson did an excellent job in that game and deserve a ton of credit. And then when you get to the threes, obviously there's uh, Mason Brooks, who's done a great job. Joan Smith, the right guard, is a guy that's flashed a little bit, if not been a little inconsistent. But yeah. I think there's some really talented people and some good depth on the offensive line. I, I don't think it's a coincidence that when you're watching games in preseason, you see 
the third string quarterback under hellfire, you know, for most of the game. <laughs> right. And then when you watch this team, like the protections hold up pretty good. So I think that's a testament to how they've built this roster, guys they've developed, guys they've found. And um and so yeah, I think that I mean I think that whole group deserves a big round of applause. And I know um, you know, everyone's kinda of getting on Braden Daniels. I thought he had a he had a very solid game and you saw some of those athletic traits that, you know, make you want to take him in the fourth round. So like really I don't know if it's game plan. I don't know if it's Juan Castillo. I don't know if it's Travell Warden. I'm sure it's a combination of all three. But I thought those all all those guys had had a pretty solid game. So yeah, I thought it was I thought it was a good first test for that group, man. And it's kind of to be expected, right? They've been going up against arguably one of the best, deepest defensive fronts all training camp long. So when they get their first opportunity to hit somebody else, uh, all three of those groups, as you mentioned, able to have different levels of success. Logan, I want to flip over to the defensive side of the football. Everyone's saying I'm overreacting. I probably am. It's what I do. But, Logan, it's disheartening for me when an issue and a trouble spot for your defense last year resurfaces in the first preseason game. The first drive for Cleveland, although they don't end up with points, Logan, 12 plays, 67 yards. They eat up seven minutes a clock. And the story was, Logan, they couldn't stop the run. When you go back to last year, week 15, week 15, uh, week 17, against the Giants, the Niners, and the Browns, they couldn't stop the run in those games either. Are you concerned at all about this team's ability to stop the run moving forward? You know, much like a quarterback kind of getting game plan ready, like I will say Cleveland does run some unusual, not unusual, I mean they're common runs, but you don't see them every single weekend in the NFL. A lot of pin pull, a lot of kind of aggressive, uh, like down blocking outside zone stuff, which again is kind of a staple of Bill Callahan's offense. And that's an, that's a Bill Callahan coach offensive line. And I think one of the things about those run schemes is it does affect your fits. And, you know, I think Cody Barton, I'm really excited about what he's been doing in training camp. He's a nice guy. He's playing really hard. I think he had some misfits and runs and that's again, to be expected. You have not game plan these, these runs. You're kind of out there flying by the seat of your pants a little bit. And you see something that is, is innately hard to fit, you know, when you are prepped for it and you haven't really prepped for it and now it's even harder to fit. So I think, um, I think they'll get some of that stuff cleaned up as they go. Um, you know, and I, you know, they haven't been seeing a lot of run looks in camp right. and that's been by design. Um, so I do think like as they go and as they get more time to prep, I think all those guys will do better. I think, um, you know, like it's, it's again, just kind of getting used to what the def- what the offense is presenting. So is it alarming? Yes. But is it something to be totally alarmed by? I don't think so. And I know that's kind of confusing a way to word that, but <laughs> no, it's I like, it, it, it's, it's, it, it, yeah, it's like, oh man, you don't want that to happen. Right. But do I think it's going to get better? I think absolutely, you know? Yeah. And I feel like, as, like you said, as we get into the regular season and there's more game plan specific stuff, they'll have better answers uh, for other teams' right. winning games. Right. Absolutely. I, I want to go to the kick return game for a second. I thought Kaz Allen, even on the first return of the game that he had, Logan, just the burst and the ability to get outside the numbers although he only takes it to like the 25-yard line. What have you seen from him during camp? And do you think he's got a realistic shot of making this roster? I mean, I do think he's got a realistic shot. I think when you watch him, I think he's a guy that, you know, one like I was talking with Fred Smoot about this today, mm-hmm. like you're watching practice and he's with the twos. And then like okay. today, for example, he's with the threes. And you're like, well, where is he fit in this offense? So it's a guy that's had some success the last couple of days, last couple of weeks, I'd say. Looks good as a receiver at times, um, you know, undersized kind of gadgety type guy but has shown enough polish that you may you say you know we can utilize that skill set and I think as the returner like you know I don't love the first return because on a kickoff I want you getting downhill I want you crossing lines but I think like to your point you see the explosive play that he brings to you right you see a guy who can who can get the edge test the 
the kickoff coverage team in a multitude of ways. And I think the, the punt return was also pretty mm-hmm. dynamic too, because you just see what he's capable of doing. And I know there was a hold on that play, but, um, but I, I think that's something that's exciting. So absolutely. I think he's got a shot to make the team. I think, you know, and that's one of the fun, that's one of the funnest position battles. Right. I think at the moment is that kind of those four rookie wide receivers, Dax Milne, uh, you know, Pringle, Pringle all, yeah. all those guys, Kemp kind of in that, you know, everybody after the, the starting four there, like that's a competitive bunch of guys, man. They're going to have to cut a good football player, which is, which is not ideal, but yeah. <laughs> you know, when you're trying to build a good roster, it's good to have good depth. So do I, do I think he has a chance to make the roster? Yes. But do I think there's like four other guys who are also <laughs> like in contention to make the roster? Absolutely. Big time competition, not just at the wide receiver position at the cornerback position as well. That's another position group, Logan, where you look at cornerbacks four five and six, if they end up keeping that much, it's going to be interesting. The guy that stood out for me, man, he's been balling all camp long. Christian Holmes, the dude that they call Sip. The vision that he plays with Logan and his ability to drive on the football I thought was really impressive. Do you see him potentially being this team's cornerback four come the regular season? Yeah, I do, actually. And I think it's, you know, like you said, you see the physicality. You see him playing a little bit more confident. That's something you didn't really see from him in last year's game against mm-hmm. Carolina. He looked a little nervous. Not, not this week, man. He was ready to rock and roll playing physical football. And I think you couple that with the fact that he's an excellent gunner yes. and you say, man, his spot is all but locked. I would say, you know, <laughs> yeah. I got barring something crazy happening. I think he's, he's a pretty good shot to make the team. And now is he the fourth, fifth, sixth corner? I don't know, but do I think he will be on this roster? Do I think he'll be playing football for this team? 1000%. And like the performances like he had against Cleveland in the night only solidify that even more. Cause you see what they want to see from him. You see a physical guy, no nonsense tackler and a guy who was pretty sticky in coverage. It yeah. wasn't wasn't perfect, but like it was pretty solid. So I think the the physical the the physicality you see from him, couple that with the special teams ability, and I think man, like that dude again, all but a lock to make the roster at this point. Yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent. Right with the set, with cornerbacks, sometimes you know this when they're when they're young and early in the league, they like to play with their hands a lot. You saw that a lot with Christian Holmes last year, as you alluded to though, the confidence you know allowing him to use his technique more and rely on that definitely making him look like a better football player. Logan, as we sit here about a month away from week one of the regular season, what areas do you feel like you need to see this team improve on to feel confident going in uh, to week one against yeah, Arizona? Well, I mean, it's, it's stuff that we've talked about, yeah. right? Like, you know, Arizona in their first preseason game ran a lot of cover zero. Like, what the heck are they doing in their first preseason game <laughs> running a lot of cover zero? So, like, we got to make sure we're ready with uh, the team's got to make sure they're ready with the blitz picks up pickups and understand how to match those combinations and have answers versus that. Um, you know, cause that's something that I'm sure they're going to watch in this preseason and be like, well, maybe that's something we got to exploit mm-hmm. or we got to at least see if we can exploit a uh, couple that again with the offensive line. Like I was pretty fired up, <clears throat> very fired up about four out of the five guys. And like we talked about, like Wiley, I think if you were to ask him, you'd say, of course, I need to play better. Right. <clears throat> and I think he will, and I think he can play better. But I, that's something I want to keep an eye on is, like, his development and, and the cohesion within that group. Because, again, like, even Chris Paul, who I thought had a great game, mm-hmm. there's times where I think it looks like he's supposed to be helping Leno. He's a little bit thick on the three technique. Like, you know, like those types of details right. coming in. But, I, you know, let me just make it clear. I've mm-hmm. been very impressed with the growth of that group over the last, like, uh, fourteen to t- 10 to 14 days. Um, and the other thing is the run fits. Like, I mean, these are things that come out of the game, right? Like, right. how are they going to match these run fits? How are they going to improve that? Does the chemistry in the back end continue to improve? And by back end, I'm talking about in the secondary. Yeah. But, like, this this team is pretty looking pretty good. And the areas of question mark are still pretty, still kind of remain the main storyline. Sam Howell, like, how does he continue to develop? So, 
um, those are the things I'll be watching, and I'll be watching them till probably for the rest of the season. You know, not just till the preseason ends. So, Logan, I'll let you go on this one, man. You played ten years in the National Football League. I'm not sure how many joint practice scenarios you were in. Washington goes up to Owings Mill tomorrow morning to knock boots with the Ravens. What, what do you expect for them to take out of that, and how beneficial was that for you in your playing career? You know, as a player, I found it extremely uh, stressful, you know, because like <laughs> the, the one, one of the things you get to know when you practice against mm-hmm. each other is you get to know the tempo really well. Right. I know how Ryan Kerrigan practices. I know how Brian Arakbro practices. I know that. And so, like, even though, like, I'm going as hard as I can all the time, I know – how I need to finish. I know mm-hmm. what they'll tolerate. And then when you go to a joint practice, none of that's there. And when they say, oh, the drill is live, you're like, is, someone, is some guy from this team going to tackle me to the ground? Right. Like, you just have no idea. And, again, it kind of honestly plays like, you know, an extra preseason, extra two mm-hmm. preseason games because the, the, the practices are very physical. They're very intense. And so I think it's really going to be, you know, so as a player, that's how I felt right. about it. But as a coach and as a talent evaluator, like, Holy cow, man, I can't wait because I want to see how this roster stacks up against one of the better rosters in football, how competitive they are in red zone, how competitive they are on third down. Like, does Chase Young give uh, Ronnie Stanley fits, you know? Mm-hmm. How does Montez Sweat work against Morgan Moses? Like, those things are so big because we've seen how they work against our O-line, but that O-line um, has some bigger names than guys who I think have, have had a little bit more success in traditional kind of tackle roles. I want to see what that looks like. Um, that defense for Baltimore is always very good. So how does the offense stack up against that? So lots of storylines. And again, it's just a good evaluation tool to kind of say, hey, this is where we're at. And these are some things we might need to change, uh, you know, given the last two weeks before or three weeks before season starts. Logan, you know what I'm looking forward to? I'm calling it the Logan Paulson Bowl. Can we can we okay. get on, on tape the Morgan Moses versus Casey Hill reps? I know those are both of your guys. <laughs> Casey coming from the Logan Paulson School of Pass Rush. Morgan coming from the Logan Paulson School of Tackle Work. I'm excited to see that matchup, big fella. Yeah, me too, man. You know, and, like, with both those guys, you just got to get out of their way. They're all <laughs> right. good football players, you know right. what I mean? So, But um, I'm excited to see that as well. So, Hey, look, appreciate you giving me some time, and, man. I'll be calling on you soon to get the latest from Baltimore, my man. Appreciate you giving me some time. Thanks, Lynn. I appreciate having me on, bud. That is Logan Paulson, the co-host of Odyssey's Take Command Podcast. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter. Wow, Logan doesn't have Twitter. On Instagram, though, Logan Paulson 82 Always good catching up with Logan. We will take a quick timeout. When we come back, I'm going to touch on something Logan said there in the interview. It kind of raised my attention a little bit. Let's hear that next on The Fan. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend it here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Big thank you to former Commander's tight end Logan Paulson for joining the program in the last segment. If you missed any of that conversation, you are in luck, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you download the always free Odyssey app wherever you get your apps at. Use the Odyssey Rewind feature and go back to the top of the 8 o'clock hour for my conversation with former Commander's tight end, Logan Paulson. Wow. Tough news coming out of uh, Seattle, Washington. Alex Collins, former running back for the Seattle Seahawks, passed away via the Seattle Seahawks team account there announcing that Alex Collins played a lot of football for the Seattle Seahawks over the past three or four years and he was a part of that running back room that dealt with a lot of attrition, but it's with heavy hearts that they announced and the Baltimore Ravens announced that Alex Collins uh, has unfortunately passed away. Very, very tough situation. Uh, since we're speaking about running backs, I'm going to give you some more running back news. Earlier today, uh, at about 4 o'clock Eastern time, we found out that Ezekiel Elliott, no longer with the Dallas Cowboys, there was a lot of thought and assumption he would go back to Dallas before the regular season starts. No, no. Ezekiel Elliott going back to his college number of number 15, going to lace it up for Bill Belichick in the New England Patriots. So that'll be exciting to see him splitting carries with Ramondre Stevenson. The other running back news is the big one. Ezekiel Elliott, by the way, signed for $3 million is what his deal can end up being worth. This next deal, Dalvin Cook. I wanted him to take his talents to Miami. He keeps it in the AFC East, though. He will go up against his little brother, James Cook, twice a year. But as a member of the New York Jets, the rich keep on getting richer. One year, the deal could be worth up to $8.6 million. So Dalvin Cook getting paid one way or another. He's still getting money from the Vikings. And now the New York Jets get ready to pay him north of $8 million. And if you all have been paying attention to overtime since the offseason started, I, I just don't buy it. I don't buy the New York Jets. You can have Aaron Rodgers. You can have Dalvin Cook. You can have the best receivers in the world. When you cannot win at the point of attack on a consistent basis, how can we trust you? And that's the big issue right now for the New York Jets. Both of their tackle spots, huge question marks. There's talk about moving Elijah Vera Tucker, one of their young guards, out to the tackle spot because they're struggling that much at that certain position. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the New York Jets come the regular season. I think they'll be competitive, but I don't think they're the class of the AFC East like some people are thinking. I wanted to touch on something that Logan Paulson mentioned during our conversation, and he talked about this offensive line and the depth and how he was pleased with how this group played on Friday night. I don't think he's far off base with what he said. I do still have my concerns about the depth that they have. The backups look good going up against the backups, but I wonder who's the first lineman off the bench if Washington has an injury at the guard spot. We assume it's going to be whoever loses this battle between Chris Paul and Sadiq Charles. So you got guard depth, kind of. We know the backup center situation is in pretty good hands with Ricky Stromberg and Tyler Larson. 
But the swing tackle spot, to me, still concerns me. The one thing I kind of, I don't completely disagree with Logan. I just think we see the game maybe through a different lens. He's an NFL pro. I've went through two college training camps. There's a big difference with our knowledge of the game. But I do know this. Not as high on Cornelius Lucas as Logan Paulson is. I, I do feel like Washington will be in a little bit of some hot water, so to speak, if anything happens to Charles Leno or Andrew Wiley. Specifically, Charles Leno, because we, we know Corn Lucas can play the right tackle spot, but I don't know how well he'll fare uh, at left tackle. So that'll be very interesting to see what happens with the tackle depth. I talked about it earlier. I would like to see them hit the waiver wire and potentially go after somebody who's out there. Uh, I know cut down day across the National Football League is where we'll see a lot of household named veterans go to some good rosters and fill in some spots and provide quality depth. The offensive line, to me, Still a concern. These joint practices against the Ravens, though, man, I think will tell a lot. One also, one other thing that I thought Logan brought up that was really interesting to me, the tempo of practice is going to be very important, right? I thought Logan did a really nice job breaking that down. It's one thing where you're going up against John Allen every day, and you know what you can tolerate, as Logan, as Logan Paulson put it. You know that, yeah, I can go hard against John Allen. He's not going to get mad or feel some type of way. I don't want to see any fights. But I guarantee you there will be multiple fights on both days of practices uh, between the Washington Commanders and the Baltimore Ravens. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, another overtime staple for your boy. We'll take a big picture look at week one of the preseason in Nell's Super Six Pack. I'll give you my top six takeaways from week one of the NFL preseason. That is next here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Overtime here on 1067 The Fan and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 10 o'clock tonight before we dish the rock to the JR Sport Brief. Right now, though, as we do sometimes here on Overtime, it's a staple here on Overtime. I want to get to Nell's Super Six Pack, my top six takeaways from week one of the NFL preseason. Nell's Super Six Pack. Three, three, two. Let's get to it. A lot of big-time takeaways from week one of the NFL preseason. 
First one that I want to get to here is number six. And that was super six pack. My top six takeaways from week one of the NFL preseason. Russell Wilson still cooked. Russell Wilson struggling uh, on Saturday afternoon or yesterday afternoon during his preseason opener. And it was, it was not good. It was the first time we got to see him with Sean Payton in this Broncos offense. And I'll be honest with you, a lot of stuff being talked from Sean Payton during the offseason about what the expectations are going to be for this Denver Broncos football team. And I feel like as we continue, there we go. As we continue to move forward throughout the rest of the offseason, you'll understand why I think Russell Wilson is still cooked and why I think the Denver Broncos may end up finishing dead last in the NFC West. When I go to Russell Wilson's performance from Sunday, the numbers on paper, not bad. The team ends up losing 18-17. to 17. Russell Wilson's stat line looks a lot better than the actual performance. 17, excuse me, 7-13, to 13, 93 yards, threw a touchdown. He took a sack, though, in this football game as well. And I'll be honest with you, Russell Wilson struggling on Sunday. Me too. Wilson the air. In trouble. And Wilson sacked by Dennis Gardner. Not good from Russell Wilson. Not good from Russell Wilson. The contract that he has, probably the worst in all of pro sports right now. And I feel like as we continue to watch Denver Broncos games throughout the year, we may see Ben DiNucci sooner rather than later. Number five, an L Super Six pack. My top six takeaways from week one of the NFL preseason. Patriots rookie quarterback, wide receiver. I don't know what he is at this point. Malik Cunningham from Louisville doing the damn thing in his preseason opener on Thursday night. Super impressed with him, not only as a thrower, but as a runner as well. The thing I love about Malik Cunningham dating back to his time at Louisville, very similar to Lamar Jackson in terms of play style, the ability to create off schedule, and he showed it on Thursday night. Not only can he throw the football, he can run it as well. Dropping back. Oh and my. running in one oh, move oh, to oh, break oh, some oh, ankles oh. into the end zone as he breaks the goal line for a touchdown, New England. Without the help of the old line, I wouldn't be able to do it. And just thank God for giving me the ability and my teammates to work. Because without those people, I wouldn't have been to get the touchdown. But uh, so we had a pass play called and the seed party like the Red Sea. I took out the middle. And Coach Troy always said, don't let one man bring you down. Well, at least the first man. So I was, and I seen the goal. I'm like, I got to get in there. And I got in there. I gave my teammate the ball for a spike. Malik Cunningham talking post game about how it felt to score his first career NFL touchdown. I think it's kind of crazy that the Patriots are using him as a wide receiver right now during training camp. It's not like the kid couldn't throw at the University of Louisville. Throws for almost 10,000 yards in four seasons of ball. 70 touchdowns, 29 interceptions. His ability to run the football, though, is honestly what makes him special. In four years... At Louisville, Malik Cunningham, 50 career rushing touchdowns. He averaged 5.1 yards a pop. And he also rushed for 3,100 yards during his time uh, at Louisville. I think he deserves a look at quarterback for real for the New England Patriots. He was only 3 or 4 for 19 yards. But going with the backup offensive line, throwing to the backup wide receivers, it was very evident there's plenty of meat on the bone uh, in terms of Malik Cunningham transitioning to the quarterback position. 
Funny thing is, he outplayed the Patriots' backup, Bailey Zappi. Interesting to see. Before the season ends, I'm pretty sure Malik Cunningham will get a few starts at the quarterback position because I don't believe in Mac Jones, and I think Zappi is crappy. <laughs> Number four in L Super Six Pack, my top six takeaways from week one of the NFL preseason. It was a rough debut for the round one quarterbacks. We got to see Bryce Young in action. We got to see C.J. Stroud in action. We got to see Anthony Richardson in action. Bryce Young, the guy who I had the least amount of confidence in because of his stature, he got lit up like a Christmas tree behind that Carolina Panthers offensive line uh, yesterday. And as far as the top two quarterbacks selected, or the second and third quarterback selected, talking about Anthony Richardson with the Indianapolis Colts and C.J. Stroud with the Houston Texans. Let's just say turnovers were on the menu. Second down and six. Richardson again trying to get it out quickly. Intercepted by Dean Jackson. Now Stroud hanging in. Throws it to the near side. Picked up. And on the return for the Pats, sidestepping ahead is Mills. Takes it back across the middle. Try to turn the corner on the far side. It's still on his feet Take, until he takes the spill at the 24. Yeah, rough, rough debut for C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and Anthony Richardson. I'm not too concerned about the turnovers when it comes to Richardson and Stroud. I just feel like, honestly, the situations that they're both in, I'd say Anthony Richardson's situation more ideal than C.J. Stroud's. Both of them got good veterans behind them. I'm not going to say Davis Mills is a good veteran. Let me, let me not get ahead of myself here. But Gardner Minshew has had success as a starting quarterback in this league. He's behind Anthony Richardson. If the turnovers continue for both of those guys, I wonder how patient each of those head coaches will be. Two first-year head coaches and Shane Steichen and, uh, and D'Amico Ryans. Both rosters pretty good, but the quarterback, obviously, the biggest question mark for both of them. I would say Indianapolis's roster is further ahead than the Colts' roster is, but or, or that the than the Texans. But in terms of like the makeup of the coaching staff, the sum of the parts, my man Awad feels like all rookie quarterbacks are going to stink this year, and this weekend definitely uh, proved his theory right. Number three, and that was Super Six Pack, my top three takeaways, my top six takeaways, excuse me, from week one of the NFL preseason, the Bears and the Packers. It's their division to lose. Thought Green Bay looked good in their opener. Jordan Love did some really nice things in their debut. And everyone on Saturday afternoon was just completely animated, geeked up, excited, whatever adjective you want to use. Justin Fields and company, Fireworks on the offensive side of the football. Here this offseason. First touch for DJ Moore. They used him in a ton of ways in Carolina. This He's was gone. one of them. And there he goes. Goodbye touchdown. Welcome to Chicago. DJ Moore, 62 yards. Blitz coming from the Titans. Fields trying to maneuver away. And is able to find Herbert with plenty of room to run again. A first down and more. There he goes with some blocks. Herbert still on his feet for the touchdown. Talk about a preseason debut for Justin Fields. Three for three, 129 yards, 
and two touchdowns. Now, I'll be honest with you, both of those passes were screens and didn't really have a lot of air yards under them, but you can see it based off the preseason opener. The Chicago Bears are going to be a hell of a lot more exciting in 2023, and it might be a safe bet to sprinkle a few coins on Justin Fields potentially being Offensive Player of the Year. I feel like MVP. If he's good enough to win Offensive Player of the Year, he's probably good enough to win MVP. I'm going to reiterate what I said, though. I think it's the Bears and Packers division to lose. Talked about Justin Fields. I thought Jordan Love was pretty good as well. The reason I'm confident in Green Bay is the rest of the roster outside a quarterback has always been pretty good for the Packers. You still got Aaron Jones. Your young receiving core, Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, is going to continue to improve. They draft the tight end in the second round and Luke Musgrave. They've got guys. It's just about whether or not Jordan Love is ready to take over as his team's starting quarterback, man. Number two in L Super Six Pack, my top six takeaways from week one of the preseason. DeMar Hamlin, man. Seeing him return to the field. We knew he was going full throttle during training camp and not showing any signs of the unfortunate situation that happened to him late last year. But it was just super exciting to see, man, all of the emotion that his teammates had, that DeMar Hamlin had, that the doctors and the trainers had on the field. They worked real hard all offseason to make sure he was comfortable for this this moment. Uh, He played really well, flying to the football. It's crazy. The casual NFL fan out there probably thinks that DeMar Hamlin's not that good at football. Led this team in tackles during 2022 before he ended up getting injured. Here's DeMar Hamlin talking about his emotional comeback in the postgame. Live life, you know, live life, have fun. You know what I mean? My doctors told me that coming back would be a would be a, a good thing for me. Just, you know, just 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 keeping a smile on my face. The summer of DeMar Hamlin continues, man. He's been on a world tour, as I'll call it, doing some of the things that he just alluded to, raising awareness on CPR and getting people trained for CPR and having these AEDs, like he alluded to, in the proper places that they need to be. Excited to see DeMar Hamlin play during the regular season. I'm excited to see how this Buffalo Bills football team feeds off of his energy. Because while they did fall flat on their face last year in the postseason, I feel like starting this year, they'll have a little bit more juice because of old number three. Number one in Nell's Super Six Pack, my top six takeaways from week one of the NFL preseason. I, I hate, I hate hating on a guy, but I'm not really hating. I'm calling it like it is. Trey, Lance. Stinks. Let's put it like it is. Trey, Trey Lance stinks, right? We saw him in his preseason debut yesterday, and it was, it was not pretty to say the least, man. I worry about the mental psyche of Trey Lance moving forward. Social media, very mean to him yesterday after his performance. But look, it, it, it makes sense, right? Like former number three overall pick, I believe. Trey Lance yesterday, the stat line doesn't look bad. 10 of 15, 112 yards and a touchdown. But for you to take four sacks during a preseason game, Trey Lance, it's unacceptable. You can't throw this football. He's throwing it back across the field, back his his body, and and Shelly's got the interception. He just isn't able to squeeze it. It gets out of his hands. Again, they get pressure up the middle. Adam Butler had him around the ankles. 
The big-time issue for Trey Lance yesterday in the preseason opener, holding on to the football too long. It's an issue that's plagued him since he's gotten into the National Football League, and it makes a lot of sense. He has been so injured since he's gotten into the league that in all honesty, he just hadn't played a ton of football. Going back to even high school, if you go back all the way to his past attempts, if you take his past attempts from high school, if you take his past attempts from college, if you take his past attempts from the regular season, in the preseason, he still had fewer pass attempts than Geno Smith had in 2022. Just to give you a little bit of an idea of how behind the eight ball Trey Lance is, man, it is going to be tough sledding. San Francisco and that offense, not meant for him. And it's crazy because we're going to see another situation similar to the one we see in New York with the Jets. How rare is it that you draft a quarterback in the top five, they bust out, and you continue to keep your job like Kyle Shanahan has and like Robert Sala has? Point blank period, man. That's going to do it for No Super Six Pack. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, top of the 9 o'clock hour, our pal Mark Schofield set to join the program. He covers the NFL for SB Nation. We'll get his thoughts and opinion on what the hell happened during week one of the NFL preseason. A lot of studs. A lot of duds. We'll cover it all next with Mark Schofield from SB Nation right here on The Fan. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 